businesses are really relationships. Like they're, they're a collection of processes that add value to a market. Mm -hmm. And if you're not willing to build, you know, good processes that can compete and to build great relationships that are, you know, really caring and nurturing relationships, you know, maybe business isn't, isn't your thing. Maybe that's not the thing that you really want to do and that's okay, but it is called like a competitive marketplace for a reason. Welcome to Royalty Redefined, where you become the queen or king of your life. If you're ready to thrive as a visionary leader and really step into your power as the creator of your reality, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Christina Kelly. I'm a coach to seven and eight figure brands and keynote speaker who loves helping ambitious leaders create the impact they were born to create. Now it's your turn. Let's dive in. The interview that we have on today's podcast episode is not only value-packed, but one that I genuinely had so much fun with. We were not only learning a ton in this episode, but genuinely cracking up when we were making it. So the way that I met Amanda is I was at an event and I walk in and I see this fabulous woman on stage wearing blue cowgirl boots. And she was talking about this marketing and sales messaging. And she had a picture of a unicorn cake on her slides. And I remember looking at her and thinking to myself, I want to get to know this woman better. And I ended up doing so afterwards at later points in the event. And then I realized that she just has to be on today's show. Amanda Kaufman is a career consultant, certified high performance coach, core energy coach, and the creator of the Coaches Plaza. She's developed a proven approach to take the clientless coach to a thriving practice and beyond as they build their expert based businesses. After spending a decade as a strategy consultant for the world's largest consulting firm, Amanda pivoted her career into coaching personal development and has built a seven-figure company focused on both business development and personal growth, all while living a full personal life with her husband and four kiddos. Along the way, Amanda's become proficient at the high-ticket sales conversation and the high-performance skills necessary to thrive as an entrepreneur while juggling a busy family lifestyle. Amanda has developed multiple high-value programs to help coaches build impact in their businesses by effectively reaching and serving their clients. She's passionate about the power of coaching relationships and the positive impact it has on the people, and is passionate about seeing coaches truly succeed in the industry. You can find out more about Amanda and the Coaches Plaza at www.amandacoffman.net or join Amanda's complimentary group, The Coaches Plaza, on Facebook at www.thecoachesplaza.com. I hope that you're ready to have your mind blown with some of the strategies that we are about to tell you today, and I hope that you're ready to laugh. Enjoy today's episode. Amanda, I am so excited to have you on the show today. Well, thank you so much for having me. 
<laughs> of course. So I know that, you know, there was a little bit of a bio before this or people were able to learn about you. But I think what's so great is to really be able to have people share their story and really dive into where their entrepreneurial journey began and what inspired that. So I would love for you to share some of that. Oh my gosh. I had been thinking about becoming an entrepreneur for a solid 12 years before I actually pulled the trigger and did it. Um, so I, when I was in college, I got a degree as a chemical engineer and I had this opportunity to do the engineering entrepreneurship option on top of my degree. And it was a pilot program at my university no, they had never offered it before. And I remember they, they put it out there and they said, if you want to apply, you have to tell us right now. And they had a very short turnaround for applying for this program. And I remember being on the phone with my mom and thinking about it because it was going to add a whole half year to my degree if I chose to do this program. And she said to me, she said, well, if you didn't want to do it, you wouldn't be on the phone with me talking about it. And I was like, you're right. So I signed up, added, you know, I think it was seven additional university classes onto my degree at the time. And I remember as I was finishing up college, my mom asked me, so what business are you going to go into? And I said, are you crazy? I'm not going to go into business. That's too risky. So I, no way. <laughs> yeah, I really, I just rejected the whole thing. I built a business while I was in college. It was for um, doing like science birthday parties for kids. We made slime. It was great. Um, but I just felt like security was way more important to me at the time, which is very interesting because I have a whole perspective on that now, but I applied to 148 jobs coming out of college. 148? 148. Cause I was graduating at a weird time of year. And I also graduated in 2008. So guess what else was happening oh, around 2007, 2008, right? The crash. Yes. As an engineer. So I got a not engineering job. And, uh, fortunately it was for one of the world's biggest consulting firms. So it put me on this journey of consulting, which is very intrapreneurial. And so I got a lot of really cool uh, exposure and experiences. I was 25 years old and I got to meet, you know, C-level executives. And I got to do work for like the mayor of Chicago and like all these really cool experiences working for a big corporation. Um, but my heart was always, you know, I want to do my own thing. I want to take my expertise, my experience, and I want to do things my way and my time. And, you know, by the time I was uh, expecting my, my second biological kid, I've got four total. Um, but by the time number four was on the way, things were happening in my professional world that I was like, it was like universe was just shoving me out the door and saying like, now's your time to really do your thing if you're going to do your thing. And so I decided to take all that consulting, all that coaching and all the the skills I had built and go figure out my own thing. So that's what eventually led me into coaching. Wow. Yeah. A lot of interesting things that I'll say in this story. First of all, how funny is it that sometimes you think the thing that would never interest you ends up being the thing that changes your life. Like when your mom is, or you, you were saying something like, you know, with business, I'm not going to get into business. And then here you are now an absolute business rock star. 
And I think what you just mentioned there is so funny because I'm sure there's people listening now who maybe there are certain seeds that are being planted in their own lives and they're not quite seeing it, but it seems like for you, things just very synchronistically aligned in the ways that they were meant to, which has now led you to where you are today. I think that's absolutely true. I think if you think about what you want and think about it and think about it and think about it, you know, the universe does conspire to um, shove you in that direction violently sometimes. And, you know, what ended up happening for me is, is that I had been thinking and dreaming about doing, you know, productivity coaching or performance coaching or something like that, because that was always my interest set. And that I had had opportunity to do that, but I kept pushing it away because I kept saying, oh, you know, jobs are more secure. Careers are more secure. And the thing is, is that it really took a situation in my uh, corporate setting for me to realize, actually, you're not more secure in a J-O-B. You know, you're, you're just in a different situation in a J-O-B. And what I realized eventually is, is that everyone, regardless of if you're working in a job or if you are working as an entrepreneur, everyone needs negotiation skills. Everyone needs to be able to network and create new opportunities. And like, I, I don't have a problem with somebody being an employee. I have a problem with somebody not being able to change their situation because they feel that they can't negotiate a different situation. And that's where I was. And that's why I eventually leapt and left. Um, and that's why I do what I do honestly now is just because I think a lot of people think they're stuck where they are because they don't think they can negotiate something better. Let's talk a little bit about security since that's something that you just mentioned. You yeah. mentioned that you have a unique perspective on security as a job and also security within entrepreneurship. And this is something that I'm sure any listener could really relate to or is curious about. So can you touch on that a little bit more? For sure. So oddly enough, as a consultant, I did organization design consulting. So what that literally translates to is I was calculating how many full-time equivalent employees needed to be in an organization and I would draw the org charts. And that meant, you know, who got jobs and who didn't get jobs. Like I wasn't making that decision personally. That was up to the corporations and governments that I worked for. But if you think about it, how secure are jobs really? Like we've seen in the news how many times a company folds or there's mergers and acquisitions. Jobs are not secure just because your paycheck arrives at a particular time and date. What they are is, is there, there's a consistency which leads to the feeling of security. And that's not the same thing as actually being secure. And what I realized and, and my perspective is, is that the only way to really be truly secure as a, as a person, as an individual, is to have negotiation skills and to have network and to have connection in your community and, and to continuously build your own skill set. That's where real secure, security comes from, is your own security in yourself, being able to add value in whatever community or profession that you happen to belong to. I have never heard anybody talk about it like that before. Yeah. Certainty about what time your paycheck and what quantity that paycheck comes in at is not the same thing as security. That makes so much sense. Yeah. It really, really does. 
My next question for you now is in regards to security with entrepreneurship, because Mm. this is obviously a path that you've chosen and you're thriving in it. It's a path that I've chosen. It's a path that many people listening to this podcast have chosen. How have you found that feeling of security within you being an entrepreneur? Oh man, because this is this is definitely something that makes entrepreneurs' hearts go pitter patter, right? Because it can feel very uncertain mm-hmm. um, about whether that next prospect is going to say yes or is that next deal going to come through, and it can cause a lot of really um, insecure behavior, right? So mm-hmm. people working all the time or telling themselves that. Uh, they don't need to pay them. This one drives me crazy is when business owners don't pay themselves for a really long time in their business. And they're, they're like, oh no, well it's in the building phase of my business. So I'm going to put all of my every penny back into the business. And it's like, no, that's not how you should build a business. So one of my favorite books is Profit First by Mike Michalowicz, who has built so many businesses. And he wrote that book because he made the same mistake of not building your business to be efficient, to be profitable from the very beginning. And he's actually written several books um, on the subject of entrepreneurial poverty. And it's this insecurity and scarcity mindset that a lot of us have. And I certainly had in the beginning too, where we believe there's not enough. And it's like this not enoughness feeling that really leads to true scarcity and insecurity. Me accessing abundance, even when circumstantially, it might not have felt like there was abundance. The truth is there's always another move to be made. There's always more opportunity if you allow yourself to form more connections, to be generous with whatever you have to give. And you may have knowledge, you may have connections, you may have just your time that you can give to someone else's goals. And that is leverage. Like if you have that, you have value that you can give and you can direct that value to leverage into another move and leverage and leverage and leverage. It's that leverage that allows you more abundance that allows you to be in another position that leads to another paycheck. And by leading with profit first, when the paycheck comes in, we don't turn around and put it in a Lambo payment. We turn around and we apportion it and have profit first, then pay those taxes because that's certain, right? Mm -hmm. Pay yourself, OMG, right? Like pay yourself, even if it's a friggin' sandwich in the beginning, but pay yourself. And then pay those operating expenses last. And if you got to be lean in the beginning, be lean in the beginning, Mm -hmm. but like learn to master that flow in the beginning. And you're going to find that there's so much abundance to be had. Love the way that you broke that down in such a logical and also emotional level. You really tied the two together because what you spoke to first is really the energy of scarcity versus the energy of abundance, what each of those feels like. And this energy is something that you can tap into whether you have $10 million in the bank or whether you have $10 in the bank, right? It's all about the energy that you choose. Another thing here that you touched on that I love with the way that you just explained this is you also brought in the logic. You brought in like the like the logical next steps to take. Like if you get a paycheck in or you get a new client or whatever as a business owner, 
even if it's just a sandwich, pay yourself and psychologically too, it's like that gives you that gratification to keep on going. Exactly. I like, I think the biggest problem I have with business owners not paying themselves is, is that if you are depriving yourself, even as the business is winning secretly, psychologically, you're going to feel punished every time the business wins. So by even just having a sandwich or giving yourself a Starbucks coffee, like whatever that reward system is, you having a business and winning and thriving because the business is winning and thriving is crazy important. Yes. I love all of this. It's something that I don't think is talked about enough in entrepreneurship, which is really, it's always the other way around. It's always Mm -hmm. like bleed for the business. And it's like, you'll sweat plenty. You don't have to bleed. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You'll sweat plenty. You don't have to bleed. Anyone who's not entrepreneur listening to this is like, Oh my God, I'm never starting a business. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, but, but I, but I know what you're saying. I think another important distinguishing factor to think about here too, is that in any job you're in, you know, there's going to be downsides to that, right? The downside of you never know when you could lose your job. There's going to be the downside of you can't pick who you work with, right? I've had situations before where I am like, I love this position, but I hate the people I'm working with. They speak to me as if I'm dirt, right? Right. And whether it's entrepreneurship or anything, like there's going to be sweat involved, right? But I think it's more so about picking your challenges. And that's what you've done as a business owner. And then major challenges work for you is what I'm really sensing. That's it. I mean, you think about high performers in any realm and there is challenge in anything that you do that's worth doing. And I think that, uh, you know, especially in the, you know, late tens of Facebook marketing and Instagram marketing, there was all this, you know, build your business to operate from a laptop next to the pool kind of market messaging that built and propagated this idea that you can set and forget a business. And businesses are really relationships. Like they're, they're a collection of processes that add value to a market. And Mm -hmm. if you're not willing to build, you know, good processes that can compete and to build great relationships that are, you know, really caring and nurturing relationships, you know, maybe business isn't the, isn't your thing. Maybe that's not the thing that you really want to do and that's okay, but it is called like a competitive marketplace for a reason. And anybody who's in competition, I mean, like it's not sexy to get up earlier and work harder or to be obsessive about doing a better job at that competition. But if you're choosing something that has mission to it, has purpose, um, and is very aligned, I mean, like, I kind of think about puzzles. I love puzzles. I like solving things and there it's hard, you know, there is sweat in it, but there's fulfillment. I think so many people are looking for happiness when they really should be looking for fulfillment and fulfillment is sometimes sweaty. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not, it's not always like happy, happy, joy, joy, Mm -hmm. you know, happy, happy, joy, joy, (laughs) (laughs) but it can be, you know, I was actually just talking to a client about this this morning. We were talking about the grind, um, in, in business building. 
and we were just comparing, you know, uh, he was, he was working really, really late one night. And, uh, I asked him, I said, on a scale of one to 10, like, where was your joy? And, and he was like, it's like a three. I was like, wow. You know, I was thinking about the keynote that I gave the other day and I was working on my deck until like midnight. Mm-hmm. But when I finished the deck, I was a solid nine because I was mm-hmm. so excited about the unicorn cake slide that I had found and some of the other pictures that I found for it. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is going to be so fun and so good. And OMG, it's midnight. I have got to calm down and go to sleep. And so my joy fulfillment was like nine, but it was midnight. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you're going to work late. And that sweat's going to be there, but the fulfillment can still be there. Mm -hmm. You know? Yes. I love the way that you phrase that too. And I think it goes back to um, just really understanding that if you're in alignment with what you're doing and if you truly love it, it's not gonna, I don't want to say it's not going to feel like work because there will be some days where it does, but that's almost, that's a part of the journey and the fun because as humans, we are actually wired to like to overcome challenges, especially if you're a business owner, you've literally made it your job to pave the unknown, right? So it's your job to solve challenges constantly. But to your point, if you're really in alignment with what you're doing, with what you're building, with what you're teaching, even though challenges may come, you know, maybe you're up until midnight, your joy and your satisfaction, your fulfillment is going to be higher. And I think that really comes down to making sure that you're in alignment with whatever it is that you're doing. That's it. And, you know, my normal bedtime is like 9 p.m. Same. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? I, yes, 9 p.m. club. <laughs> and, you know, that my client's point too was, is like if you're defaulting to going to bed at 11 o'clock midnight every night out of survival mode and coping mode, that's a very different sensation. Yeah. You know, and I think that's easy to default to. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I know that with the work that you're doing in your Instagram bio, you say that you help people in the nine to five, be able to start a business and really thrive as the owner of this business. Mm -hmm. This is something that I know a lot of people do, but I personally know that you've had a lot of success doing this. And that's because of your authentic approach. It's because of how real you are and also because it works. And so for anyone listening to this, who's curious about that, or maybe you're already a business owner and you're just like, I just, I always want to learn. I want to learn more from the person who is in this interview right now. Can you share a little bit about just some of the like results that people are able to get and also how that makes you feel as a business owner? Oh, love that. Yeah. I've been a career consultant, you know, since I was 22 and I am not 22 anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and you know, over the years, what has led to success for myself and for my clients has been really stripping back a lot of the hype that there is out there of needing to have all this stuff in place first before you can, you know, uh, I think a lot of people can get really caught up in perfectionism or thinking that they need to have all these duckies lined up in a row and then they can help another person and then they can get paid for helping another person more accurately. And what I find with my clients is, is that very often they have a lot of career experience or they have certification experience that they're really well-equipped to help someone today. 
like right now today quite well. And it's only going to get better the more clients they get. If you're here right now, I know that you truly are royalty redefined and deciding right now that it's time for you to step into your power as the queen of your life. And I want to give you a special resource completely for free to really help you do this on a whole integrative level. I am super excited to share with you my inner queen meditation, which is a two minute power meditation to really help you tap into the energy of your inner queen. This meditation is guaranteed to leave you feeling not only more empowered, but more confident and clear in your role as a leader and as the queen of your life. To get access to this meditation completely for free, all you have to do is text the word QUEEN, that's Q-U-E-E-N, to 833-459-3914. Again, that's accessing your free two-minute inner queen meditation by texting the word QUEEN to 833-459-3914. If you need to take a second to pause this episode, text me the word QUEEN to 833-459-3914 right now to make sure that you get this free meditation to tap into your inner queen. All right, let's get back to the episode. And so what I do is I help people get off that never, never plan of getting ready, getting ready, getting ready. Yeah. And my system is four steps, meet people, talk to them authentically so that you can invite the right people to a fit conversation. That's what I call my sales calls because mm-hmm. fit conversations go both ways. It's, is it a fit yeah. for you? And is it a fit for me so that you can coach them? Because a lot of people want to get into coaching, get into consulting, and they start doing one certification and then another certification and another certification and another certification. And they wind up hyper-qualified on coaching people, but they're nervous to approach people in a networking environment or to send them a friend request or to speak authentically on, on social media. And so we start with just like breaking down the barrier of speaking one-to-one so that you can start speaking one-to-many, but you're speaking to a real person as opposed to a unicorn avatar. Mm, I love what you said here, especially the last part, speaking to a real person as opposed to a unicorn avatar. Because I think Mm -hmm. that based on what I've seen in a lot of other just marketing themes I've seen on the internet, it's like, build your avatar and launch your program and all the people are going to come. But in reality, it's like, who is your avatar? Do you even know until you really talk to them and get to know them, like understand what their true pain point is, not what you think it is, but what it really is. And I love how with your approach, it's very, it's about just like raw, real human connection. It really is. And I mean, just this morning I was doing some coaching with our um, mid-tier program and we were talking about how as a coach, we often get trained on the things that people have to do in order to overcome their, uh, overcome their blocks. Right. But very rarely in your marketing, do you want to market to what people have to do? Like Mm -hmm. you have to uh, prioritize. You have to put boundaries in, you have to, <laughs> you know, as a coach, like you have, yeah. you, you, you help people with the half does, but yeah. if, if you're a fitness coach, it's like, well, you have to do the burpees, you have to eat the kale. And it's like, well, if you do a webinar on like, come to my webinar on how to eat kale, 
you're not going to get too many people attending. So what we talked about in the, in the, in the coaching call was you also need to talk about the get tos So what do people want? You know, they have to do these things, but what do they really want? What do they get to do after they eat the kale and do the burpees? Well, they get to, you know, choose that outfit that they're really wanting to wear. They get to, you know, show up with more confidence in, in their networking event. And the, those are the marketing pieces is the, is the get to. So helping people think through what am I coaching on and what am I speaking to getting into those psychographics is really what I help people do. That's super interesting. And I've never heard it simplified to the level that you just simplified it. And I think that whether you're listening to this and you like think that starting a business sounds interesting, that's helpful for you. Even if you are an established business owner, this is really helpful for you to even rethink in a lot of your current marketing messaging. It's something that I think people of all career types could really benefit from knowing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's fun stuff. It is fun stuff. So you've obviously been able to do a lot of incredible things within your career. You spoke to being a consultant when you were just 22, which is so badass. I love to see it. And obviously you have now a thriving business and you're impacting so many lives with that. Um, Okay. This is like a little tangent, but you guys listen how fun Amanda's company is. So she speaks on stage and she's wearing like this fun blue hat. And she has like one of her slides, like a unicorn cake. And obviously, as we know here, it's like very value packed, but like the energy, I was like, I love this. And then she has like these fabulous cowboy boots on. And so she hops off the stage and I walk up to her. I'm like, hi, I'm Christina. And I love your cowboy boots. And she, and she was like, oh, you wouldn't believe it, but I just took out my team and I had all of them buy cowboy boots. And this is like a total tangent, but something that I love about like the energy of what you've created, Amanda, and something that I think everyone can like learn from and take like a little tidbit of no matter where they're at is really just being so intentional about what you do and really intentional about the way that you want to make people feel. And that's Mm. something that I'm really feeling from you. It's like in your conversations, even in your sales calls, we've all been on a sales call where someone just trying to put something down your throat. And I'm like, I literally, I wanted to buy before I came on and now I'm ready to go. Right. But what you teach is so whether it's with your team, whether it's with your clients, it's like just providing value in a unique way. And I think making people feel special because something that you told me about with the cowboy boots for your team is you had everyone pick out exactly what they wanted. The reason why I think this is important is because Amanda didn't say, I'm the boss. Here's what you're going to wear because I told you so. Amanda said, I want to give you something fun and I want you to pick it out because you get to create ownership over this. And it sounds like that's the same energy that you create and like build with. It's this energy of, you know, I want to do something for you, but like, let's get to know you and have you figure out exactly what you want as a unique individual. Yes, that is very, very much our culture. And also I think a big part of my parenting style and I would be exhausted if I tried to take over every detail. Yeah. (laughs) So there's a certain amount of efficiency that goes with it. But I I think too, like people um, in general, and this is my coaching philosophy as well, is, is that people support what they create just fundamentally. So if they, if they support what they create, the more ownership you can give someone over their choices, this is, 
way down even to my four-year-old, if they can support what they create and they have autonomy as much as possible, um, they're going to see it through. They're going to follow through. They're going to feel that pride of ownership, like you said, in whatever they're doing. So when it comes to like role definition on my team, um, you know, as the leader, I need to provide the target on the wall. You know, where are we headed? What's that? What's that North star? Where are we going? But how you get there? The thing is, is that my team members know themselves the best. They know what their um, traits are the best. They like, they know the best way to get there. Now, when they go to get there, sometimes they might do things less efficiently or just because they have less experience on something, or maybe there's something I see because of my experience that I could suggest or ask a question and say, you know, have you considered this or, you know, what, what have you, uh, what have you tried in this direction um, to see if they've done something, but to be very honest with you very often. And I mean, often they come up with something that I have not thought of, right. To get the job done. And I'm happy with it because I think I can be a little too verbose. I think I can be a little rigid on how things should be done. And I think I'd rather have them own it. I love that. It's you hiring the right person who's the right fit. Someone who's passionate That's enough right. about what they're doing in your mission, enough to want to make it their own. That's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. I had a I had a mentor a few years ago um, that talked about hiring people who would run through walls. And I was like, yes. That's what I want. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. That's what I want. I want people who will run through walls. And it does mean that sometimes when it comes to like um other mentorship that I've gotten, you know, around hiring and stuff that I've I've gotten it wrong, I've gotten it right, but yeah. that's generally what I'm headed towards is I'm like I'm looking for people who are on purpose when I'm hiring and that's a little bit more challenging to hire for because I think people can interview well. Um, Mm. but I do, I do dig pretty deep on, um, on interviews and I do have to trust instinct a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the best skills that you can build as a business owner is learning how to listen to your intuition. Mm -hmm. I agree. That was very difficult in the beginning, you know, Mm. for anybody who's listening, if you're, uh, I don't even, Sometimes it's even just difficult now. Like I think depending on what's going on in your business and what's going on in the world or even your life, that intuition voice can sometimes, you know, you really have to sometimes fight for it. Yeah. Even you really, but especially yeah. the beginning. <laughs> I totally agree. And another thing about intuition too is sometimes I almost want to say sometimes it doesn't make sense. Like sometimes it's like, really? And then it ends up leading you in a unique direction. I agree. I actually had um, a hiring decision that I made very recently that I was very specifically advised, don't do that, right? Like, um, because it just didn't really make sense on the roadmap, didn't really make sense um, timing wise, but I just felt like it was the thing that I needed to do. And it was the right timing for the person and no regrets, none. Yeah. Just absolutely none. And there've been actually a few hires like that. Okay. All of my hires that have been really good. It's been like that where it's just like, this isn't the right timing. This wasn't what I had on the board. And it was like, but they're also good. They're also good. No regrets. I hire the person more than I hire the role. 
I think that's really key, especially as you're just starting out, because ultimately it's those people who are going to help you build the foundation of your company as it grows. That's it. And, you know, it's really interesting because um, I'm thinking about one person in particular, I hired him into a sales role and I was like, Oh, (laughs) and he'll even tell you not his strong, not, not the strongest play, but he was the right player. He was just in the wrong seat. So we moved him into a marketing role and he is bomb. He is so good in that role, you know? So we created like a new, a new role for him that I wasn't even it wasn't even on the radar that I would be hiring somebody into that role. And now we're like expanding into things that we might not have otherwise expanded into because he's that good. I love this. We need to take like a little, like two minute break to talk about hiring and really building your team in this Mm -hmm. kind of a way. This is something that I talk about a lot with people, especially that intuitive female business owner and I think that what you just said is so interesting where it's like, you're hiring the person who, you know, is going to really withhold the energy that you want as your company is growing, really want to make it their own things like that. But what I love that you shared that's so important is also letting people be in the world. That's the best fit for them, whether they start out in sales and they should be in marketing or whether they start out in admin and they should be in sales. Like what I was just talking about with the client actually right before this call, it's so beautiful for the sake of your business to be able to, you know, give people different opportunities. What's so beautiful with this too, is the opportunity that you're giving the individual to really grow as a person, perhaps in ways that they never would have seen before. It it really is because one of my highest values as a leader is people development. And, you know, I first learned about people development while I was working for that big consulting firm Mm -hmm. um, because they, you know, it was a big company. So they had like everything all on a heuristic and (laughs) I was like, Ooh, people developer, like that's the best one. Um, And uh, I just always have really loved the development aspect of things and just the journey of that individual of the confidence that they've developed. Mm. And they didn't, they didn't even know that the role that I had in mind for them was even a thing that they could do. Like it wasn't even on their radar that that was a thing that they could do. And then when they got into it, they were like, this is so powerfully interesting. This is something that is so aligned. And I didn't even know it was a thing that I could do. And now he's developing such deep expertise into it. And like, it's just been such a positive personal growth thing as well, you know? So to just be a part of that is so exciting to me. I think that's so beautiful. What a beautiful gift that you're able to give another person. Right. I'm like, what's the point of all this business building stuff? If you're not actually improving quality of life for, you know, I'm a coach. So I get the, I get the blessing of, you know, providing a service that happens to be a people focused service, you know, that is impacting clients. But really like if you're building a business, I could have stayed a consultant working for a corporation that did that. If I'm going to build my own business, you know, that's a real opportunity to have different policies than that company had to have like a different work environment, to have a different culture, Like that's the real gift of being a business owner is, is you get to create that environment and have that kind of impact. And to me, that's like the whole reason why you would do it. Beautiful. I love all of this for you. I have just a couple more questions for you before we close out today. And one of them is actually how, and I already know a little bit about this because we talked about it, but for the sake of the audience, I want you to share 
how do you take care of yourself amidst growing a business? And also we haven't even touched on the fact that you're a mom and a wife and wait, wait, okay. Another tangent guys. Sorry. I always do this. (laughs) She got her husband a sword. (laughs) Wait, we're both laughing. We're talking at this we're talking at this conference and she's like, Christina, look, and she, she has this picture of like this big man with like the sword that's literally as tall as him. I'm like, what? She's like, that's my husband. That's <laughs> wait, my husband. Yes. Wait, the reason why I'm sharing this, it's so great. And the reason why I bring this up is because clearly you're giving your all in your business. Like she's killing it. You guys. On top of that, you also are really devoted to being like an amazing wife, to being an amazing mom, all these other things. And I also know that right now you are taking on a new challenge that's enabling you to take even better care of yourself. And you're doing so much that for a lot of people think wouldn't be possible. Like most people don't think that, not to say there's some days where maybe it's more out of balance than others, but most people think it's not possible to like have a career that you love to have a family that you love and invest in and to be able to invest time in yourself. Like that's just not in the realm of possibility for most people. And all of us all have areas for improvement. All of us always have seasons where things are more out of balance than others, no matter how quote unquote perfect you are. But Amanda, for anyone listening to this, she truly is, she's doing all these things and she's in everything she does, she commits. And so for anyone listening to this, who's maybe thinking like, it's not possible to have like a thriving business and be able to feel good about myself or take care of myself or whatever. Can you just share a little bit about how you make time to take care of yourself and what that looks like in this particular season of your life? Totally love this question so hard. Um, Cause it wasn't always yeah. something that w- that felt possible for me either. You know, early in my consulting career, I would pull 120 hour work weeks. So if you're pulling 120 hour work weeks or you're pulling all nighters at work, you're not going to feel balanced. (laughs) Okay. So, um, one of the life-changing books that I read was 168 hours. You have more time than you think by Laura Vanderkam. Yes. Female author. Boom. So, um, in fact, I loved it so much that I wrote about it on my very first blog and she ended up interviewing me for her follow-up book. (gasps) I know how she does it, but at the time I was so afraid that my employer would find out that I was speaking to people. And so I'm unnamed in the book, but I am quoted. So if you're reading the book and it's about, and it's talking about a management consultant with a baby that dialed her hours back to 35 hours a week, that's me. So Laura Vanderkam. That's so cool. Yeah. Cool story, huh? So anyway, um, I'm obsessed with balance and hours. And this is one of the things we bonded about actually, mm-hmm. um, was about productivity and all of that. So, okay. First things first, most of us, actually all of us suck at time perception. Like our brain is literally not wired for it. And that's why we have clocks in our cars, clocks on our phones and clocks on our wrists is because our brain can't perceive of time. And that's why when we're having fun, time flies. And when it's sucky, time drags, right? So um, just recognizing that our own time perception is super terrible. And especially when you look at today, like with social media and everything, um, you cannot stand a chance against all those MIT nerds 
designing the 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 software to gap you know capture our attention and retain it uh you will lose yourself in the time vortex of social media it's just like these are facts unless you have something to stop you know stop that so what i did after i read that book 168 hours is i did a proper time study and so for the first week of the time study, I was all prideful because I was like, I don't watch TV. I'm great about my time. <laughs> but it turned out that I spent 35 hours a week on social media, right? I was like, this is back when I was a consultant. And I was like, I don't even believe it. I'm doing another time study. So I did the next week and the next week I did 37 hours of social media. And I was like, I don't even believe it. I'm doing a third week of times. I did three weeks of time story studies, Christina, three weeks. Wow. And I did like 36 hours of social media. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to accept that as scientific proof that I spend way the hell too much time on social media. (laughs) And this was back in like 2015, by the way. Wow. This was like a minute ago. We didn't even have TikTok. (sighs) So Yeah. So for people that are way out of balance, the first thing that I would aggressively go after is your screen time and don't be guilty. Don't even, cause you don't stand a chance against the MIT nerds, right? It's a team of them. Yep. Right. It's a team of them. Do not feel guilty. Um, but when I went on digital detox and I got super attuned to, I think, thought I was working 70 hours a week. I was working 35. And according to the book, the higher your estimate is for the number of hours that you work, the more wrong you probably are. So those people in your circle that are saying, Oh, I work 60 hours a week, 70 hours a week. If they actually measure it, they probably are working more than 40, but the bigger the estimate is, the more wrong they probably are in range, which I thought was super fascinating. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to like self-care and balance, it really is. And I know this is the lamest answer ever, and I hated hearing it too. So if you're hearing this for the 493rd time, I'm sorry, but I'm going to say it. It does come down to time blocking, but I think that it For me, it started with time awareness so that when I did the time blocking, it actually had meaning for me. Mm -hmm. And I think that the reason that time blocking doesn't work for most people is because they don't start with time awareness, right? Because I think for people that say like time blocking doesn't work, it's probably because you're still trapped in the old paradigms and, and you're estimating on your time instead of knowing that you spent 35 hours a week on social media, like I found out back in 2015. Oh my goodness. First of all, thank you for your transparency and sharing all of this. Second of all, I feel like I need to go read this book. Third of all, the way that you broke down time awareness is so interesting. I feel like you're saying so many things I've never heard of before. And I'm so glad I'm hearing about it now. And this is recorded so we can share it with the world. Um, Because again, I've just never heard of someone say it like that. And I think that's so interesting. I'd be curious to know as well with your team, do you teach your team anything like this? We do. Yeah. So, um, okay. I'm a little anti-bureaucracy a little, but I do appreciate it with when it helps. 
So we actually, this week are doing a time study because it's the last week of the month Mm. at the time of this recording. So we use an app called harvest.io for our company. And there's like a bajillion time tracking apps out there. Um, But the whole team is tracking their time during work hours and they're breaking it down into four categories. So we're following um, the book Clockwork by Mike Michalowicz, and we're just breaking it down by time spent doing, delegating, designing, and deciding. Mm. And so just as we switch tasks between the things that we're doing, we just switch what the activity is. Um, so this, by the way, is a doing activity. I am doing interviewing <laughs> for marketing. Yep. And so then you you put your activity into these different buckets. And then at the end of the week, we'll have the total amount of time spent in each one of those buckets across the entire organization. Mm-hmm. So that gives me an idea of how much time we're spending in doing across all of the different roles in the company. So ideally we'll be spending 80% of our time across the company doing. Love that. Mm -hmm. There's so many little like golden nuggets. I feel like I've just been able to learn by talking with you today. And I hope that anyone listening to this who loved it, like go back and listen to it again. If you want to, I do that all the time with podcasts because there is so much you said here that I really want people to kind of sit with and really take away. My last and final question for you is what exciting projects in the future can we be on the lookout for you? Or if there's someone who's like, how do I get in contact with this Amanda? I need to talk with her right now. Like, how can people contact you? I want for you to share more about you right now. You know what? The best place to come hang with us is to go to thecoachesplaza.com. That's coachesesplaza.com and come join our group. So we've been doing valuable training in there for like almost two years now. Um, and that we're in there all the time, just talking and getting to, to know everybody in that community. And that's the best way to, to get to know us and spend some time together and, and reach out. Um, and we, we talk about a lot of these different things, especially if you are looking to build your build and grow your coaching and consulting company. Absolutely. Well, I mean, if you got any value out of this free information today, go and join that group right now. Like put down your phone, pause the podcast interview, you guys. It sounds like it's going to be such a value-packed community. Amanda, I know your schedule is packed. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today to share value to our audience. I am so excited to be able to have this recording all edited, to share it with my people on social media, and really just to get more people hearing about the messages that you spoke about, because I really firmly believe that the world needs more really good empowered coaches. And you're an amazing empowered coach who is also empowering other coaches. And so I'm just so happy that we got the time to chat today. I'm excited too. I'm so excited to have spent some time with you and I can't wait for my community to get to know you too. Amazing. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening to the show today. And we will talk with you again soon. 